Good morning, Sunbeams. Thank you for tuning in to another week of Healing with Joyce the Sunbeam. The world seems busy, rushing cars, rushing minds, and even our anxiousness travels miles beyond our existence. In some places of the world, the sky is busy, the rivers are raging, and the mountains are trembling. Where can we find our peace? Between our breaths, let's pause, slow down, time by taking a long inhale, shutting off our minds gently like you're closing a satisfying book. Leave the questions on the pages, no bookmarks or lingering thoughts. All we have is now, this breath. I really want us to get into the habit of breathing, of finding our stillness even amongst the chaos. I know what we are experiencing may be real, may be threatening or uncertain. This is not me excusing or ignoring your genuine fears and concerns. It's about making sure you don't get swept in the currents. So breathe. Deep inhale, love. One, two, three. Slow exhale. Follow the tempo of your falling and rising chest. Melt or ooze into an oasis of it all. That's all life is. A deep breath. Today is a very important podcast. If you never listen to any of my podcasts, listen to this one. Because I'm giving away secrets, gold, information that will help you heal the etiquette of healing but before i start let's get right into our sunbeam community questions don't forget to interact by leaving your questions in the q a attached to this podcast or by simply messaging me on instagram all right first question do i think healing is everlasting or do we stop one day hmm I love that. That's a great question. I do think healing can be everlasting. I think the experiences and lessons we not only learn, but deeply implement stays in our life. For example, learning to be kind to myself is a daily practice. And yes, it's a challenge because I am always hard on myself And I was raised in an environment that wasn't forgiving. So it's kind of like it's against my nature. I'm working against this natural instinct to just be like, ah, you're so stupid. Why did you do that? You know, that negative self-talk, that bullying, as I like to put it. So I have to make sure it's a top priority. It's just like any other thing that you put in your life. Whatever you plant, whatever you nourish, growth. So yes, I do think healing can be everlasting. I think. All right, next question. This question has two questions put into one. So 
I'll try my best to answer them. How do I speak so gently? <laughs> um, ask God. My voice has always been this way. Although I do admit I put a little extra honey in it when I'm talking to my son memes. So you know that code switching. So what I mean by that is I don't usually operate on this level of timbre and slowness. Um, I think in my day-to-day, -day, my voice is a little quicker, a little peppier. You know, it's like when you're speaking to a baby, it changes. When you're speaking to your friends, it changes. I gotta show you guys my love, so you definitely get, I think, a softer, sweeter side than <laughs> some of my friends. Um, I'm laughing because I can imagine what Violet would say. She'd be like, uh-huh, tell him, bitch. <laughs> and if you guys don't know who I'm referring to, go back and listen to my other podcast. So, yes, back to the question. Um, it goes, I currently live in a toxic environment and try to stay calm and not raise my voice when there is conflict. I'm so proud of you, Sunbeam, by the way. How do I practice self-control? So that's a hard one, especially in a toxic environment. See, I deeply understand where you're coming from. I once lived in a toxic environment for years and years, and even the best of people, it takes your toll on. I definitely raised my voice, and I know you guys can't imagine an angry sunbeam screaming and yelling. But yes, I am quite capable of giving you this fuego. Um, but anyway, how do I practice self-control? I always tell my sunbeams to try to remove themselves from the toxic environment by any means necessary. I know some of my baby sunbeams and some people who are in positions where it's not easy to get up and move. But can you fill your day and time with things that doesn't involve you being in that environment? Like maybe if you can hang out with a friend, be somewhere else, you know, try to make the best with what you have. So that's my first tip is to try to remove yourself from the environment. The second is boundaries. If you can put on headphones, if you can close your doors, if you can somehow isolate yourself away, there just needs to be a separation from you in that environment, if possible. My last advice is to anchor yourself in peace. There is a certain power, I'm telling you, it will drive people mad, but there's a certain power when you can find your peace in the storms. So that means not responding, not giving in. I hope that they're not going to bully you and aggravate you. I hope that it's not a dangerous situation. I always encourage my sunbeams to ask for help, to get people involved if it is dangerous. But you know, if it's just a matter of yelling um, based on what you're saying, I would put some headphones on, turn the music up loud. Drown them out somehow. But my heart is with you, Sunbeam. I'm so sorry. And know that one day, very soon, you will have your own peace. Count the days and cherish them because they go by so fast. But very soon, you will have your peace. Alright, thank you for those wonderful questions. 
And again, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. So please keep in mind that disclaimer. Thank you. Now to the good stuff. Get a pen and a paper or at least stop being so busy because this right here, this information that I'm going to share with you guys might help you in a crisis. It's called the etiquette of healing. This is controversial, but I do believe there are some unspoken rules to healing that society has created. And do I agree with them? No. But do I understand them? Yes. When we are going through a crisis or any type of turbulence, especially mental health related, there's, there's this pressure to feel and look put together. Because if we started operating on our thoughts and feelings and impulses, people would say that we're crazy. I mean, we do it all the time. When we see someone on the streets and they are talking to themselves or screaming, or doing anything that we deem as odd behavior, it makes us feel uncomfortable, correct? Maybe I can just speak for California, but we treat homeless people and people who are not mentally well, and it shows like outcasts. We fear our safety. We don't want to get too close, so we quickly avoid them, and we don't make eye contact. But how many of us have caught ourselves in a spiral of talking to ourselves, having bad mental health days, breaking down, or just fighting the impulse to scream and throw a fit because we are so frustrated and sick of this shit. But we don't because if we acted how we felt, we would be afraid the world would judge us. The etiquette. So how do we get the help we need when our emotions are strong? How do we go about it in a healthy and safe manner that won't have us ashamed, judged, or condemned? Mental health is such a catch-22, meaning that we, society, are always like, don't be afraid to speak up. And then when someone does it, we're like, nope, <laughs> it's too much. I'm uncomfortable. Bye. How many of us have lost friends and loved ones because we are too much, a burden, or they don't know how to accept us as we are? Raise your hand. Yeah, I know. I see. So the etiquette of healing is a pretty, is pretty much a conflation of tips and ways to go about it. In order to heal, full disclosure, it is not the healing itself. I am not promising you that if you do these steps, you will heal. But I hope it will make the journey a little smoother and manageable for not only you, but your loved ones. First rule, no one can save you, take away your feelings or heal you. People and things will always be support and tools. Understand that you are enough. You were made to heal. Resilience is built into your DNA, even if we don't feel it. You got this. I always use the broken limb analogy because it's a beautiful and great visual. 
your friends, your books, your tools, anything that you get is the cast. You, yourself, your body must heal. And we need to understand that because we are always looking for someone to distract us. We are always looking for someone to save us. So let's take away that thought. Let's break it down. Know that you are enough to heal. You will get through this. And you, when you come out the other side, you won't be okay. You won't be barely surviving. You'll be great. All right. So second step that we need to understand is how. How do we go about getting the help we need from our friends and loved ones without overwhelming them and ourselves? I think communication is key. I remember when I was going through my hardest moments, I would always ask my friends for full transparency and honesty. I had to sleep in my friend's room for like a week while she was studying for her college exams. So I kept talking to her every single night. I said, is this okay? Am I bothering you? Is it too much? And I told her, I need your honesty. This isn't about the friendship. And she would tell me, she'd be like, yes, like, you know, this tired me or this didn't work. Or, and we would negotiate and navigate around it. So, you know, if you are communicating your needs to people you trust, that's a key part too. To people who genuinely love and care about you and they have healthy boundaries themselves, then, you know, that's a good start. You can always hold them to what they said. If they go back later and they're like, well, you know, this and this, you can be like, yes, but I communicated with you. That way you're not carrying extra guilt and shame on top of everything else that you have going on. So communication is key. And part of communication is listen closely, sunbeams. You guys do this all the time. And I want to correct this behavior. I want to let you know. You guys like to emotionally dump. Whenever I get on lives, I see it a lot. You guys are like, I'm feeling this way. I'm, you know, da 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 And some of you are wonderful. This is not everybody. But some of you are so into your crisis, into your pain, that you forget how the other person may be taking it all in, how I might be absorbing it. I love when my sunbeams ask me, are you able to receive this today? Can I tell you how I'm feeling? You know, the question, that is so beautiful. I promise you, people love that because it's not something that's done often. A lot of people in our day-to-day -day life emotionally dump. And I'm not putting you guys on blast. Please don't take it any type of way because I used to do this myself. I had to learn. And we have to understand respect too. If a person says, sorry, I can't receive it today because I'm tired or, you know, whatever reason, they don't even need a reason, then we have to be okay with that. And in that moment, it's not about keeping your feelings to yourself. It's never. It's not about saying, oh, I'm never going to open up again because the person wouldn't receive me. It's about knowing that they're tired too. And if you guys could just exist in this space, if you guys could just rest together, you know, that's another thing. Not overly communicating, you know, 
I've learned that there's tips and ways to go about things, especially with sensitive topics. Like, for example, you can say to someone, hey, my head's not in a good space. You know, I'm having dark and intrusive thoughts without getting into detail, you know, because that could be triggering. You don't know what the other person is going through. So you don't need to give them every detail. You don't need to paint a picture for them to know that you're in pain and struggling. You can just simply paraphrase and say, hey, like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I need. Never be afraid to say what you need. Sometimes you just need a friend to distract you. Tell me a joke, you know. (laughs) You need a friend to just sit with you. Because sometimes we don't even know what we need. And it becomes frustrating and complicated for both parties. The one who cares about you and you yourself. So again, um, I'm asking my Sunbeam community to take this into consideration When you talk to me on your live, I know that I seem like an endless reserve of optimism, hope, and light. But I get tired too. And some days you're overwhelming me without realizing it. And and it's also my responsibility. I also do have boundaries. If I'm having a very bad mental health day, I just won't get on live. You know, because I know that there's a possibility that someone could trigger me. So remember, the point is, ask questions. Always ask first before you throw all of your heaviness and burdens onto your friends. And just know that they love you and you'll be surprised how many of them will happily carry it and happily support you in the best way that they can. Second tip is mandatory. This one is crucial. You should know this one with either you're in crisis mode or not. And it's knowing yourself. Know your patterns. Know your intuitive abilities. Like really dive deep into who you are. Because for the most part, we are people of patterns in our day to day. And mental health can follow that as well. Um, It might not be for everyone. But for most people, I think there are patterns and triggers and things that we can notice of like what makes it worse and what makes it better. So it's really about spending that time with yourself, nurturing and getting to know yourself like yourself is a stranger, but you're fascinated by them without judgment, of course. So by knowing yourself, you help build a support team. And that's very critical and important. By knowing yourself, you can help build a support team. Um, Because sometimes we like to come to people in the middle of our chaos and our crisis, and we don't even know what we need. And we kind of, you know, accidentally pour it all onto them. And they're frustrated because if you don't know what you need, how are they going to know what you need? And then, you know, sometimes human nature is they make mistakes, they're insensitive to your needs. Or, you know, this is where fumbling the bag really comes in. It's this very sensitive space. And, you know, it really hurts everyone involved when it becomes this way. Because you're hurt and upset. Like, how could they do this? How could they not know? 
and they're confused because they're like, I've never seen you this way. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it just becomes a whole mess. I remember when I first started to deal with my anxiety when it was manifesting. It was very scary. And I remember my friends being lovely. And I remember how many fights we got into due to the same miscommunication and frustration. Because I didn't know. This had never happened before. All I knew is that my heart was racing. My legs were heavy. My palms were sweaty. And I felt like I couldn't breathe. And, you know, they were just trying to figure out what's wrong with you. And da 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 da, you know. Um, so my point is, it was a whole mess the first time. So have grace. Have grace with yourself. But by the second or third time and with help and therapy, I could kind of pick up to when my anxiety was building. Um, not everyone has this situation. Everyone's mental health is unique. And I do take that into consideration. But for the most part, we are people of patterns, as I said. And we can kind of tell what makes it worse and what makes it better. So I learned really quickly. And then I would tell my friends what I needed from them. I'd be like, hey, you know, today, could you take me for a walk? Or could we do this? And I was always open to the idea of them saying no and knowing that that's okay. We have to make peace with saying no. It doesn't mean they love you less. I think that's a very, you know, hard concept to understand. Now, if they're just terrible friends and they're never there for you, if this is a repeated pattern where they're only there for convenience, that's something different. But if they're pretty reliable and they just said, I'm sorry, I can't do this today, say, that's okay. I still appreciate you. So these, again, are tips and tools that I've learned that have been really essential and helpful. We're going to talk about the next one, which is a big one. It takes a lot of courage to do this. And this one is not being afraid to get the help you need professionally. I think for me, being raised as an African-American woman, there was a lot of stigmas um, that prevented mental health from being acknowledged as what it was. I was the first one in my family to seek help. Everyone else, professionally, everyone else was like, it's not real. You're just lazy. You're just stressed. Like, there's so many synonyms, but no acknowledgement of how I was feeling. So I remember... I'll never forget this day. I was having really dark thoughts and, you know, things that usually don't come to mind were coming to mind. And that's when the light bulb went on. I said, you know what? <laughs> I don't like this. This is not my spirit. This is not who I am. But this is how I'm feeling, which is a deep cry from, the, you know, that wounded inner child, the person who's been hurt time and time again. So I'll never forget this wonderful soul. God bless her. She saved my life and she didn't even know it. I told her how I was feeling, you know, the moderated and censored version. And she just looks at me and shrugs. And she's like, that's fine. Go go to, um, you know, the hospital. Go spend some days, um, you know, checked in because that's what you need. There was no judgment. It was totally normal and accepted by her. It was that acceptance that gave me the strength. So I 
literally packed a bag, guys. I had never done this before. I had no idea what I was getting into. I packed a bag. I'll, I'll never forget. I brought my little support blankie. And I told my dean at the college at that time, I said, I'm going. I'm going to the hospital. Because this is how I'm feeling. It wasn't a question. And my dean was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like how many people, you know, check themselves in? Like, it just came to that point where I had to understand with compassion that it was out of my hands. And I never wanted to make a permanent decision for temporary pain. And we've got to realize that too. It's just temporary. Even if temporary feels long, even if temporary can be measured in years, your life is worth it. So, you know, I checked myself in. I did the, um, ah, what's it called? I did something where they asked me a whole bunch of questions and then the psychologist would, you know, I guess say, oh, well, we're going to keep her or she can go. So, of course, after hearing what I was feeling, they were like, you know, we're going to keep her. And I was scared. I was doing it all by myself, guys. My friends weren't there. They were all in their classes. Um, the dean had dropped me off. I'm sitting in this room having no idea what I'm getting into. And now that I look back, I'm a little emotional because that was bravery. That's the definition of bravery. Doing what you can for yourself. And, you know, I stayed there on a 5150 hold, um, which was, I think, two two days. And it had its highs and lows, I'm not going to lie. I did cry. I did go through the emotions. But there was also, strangely, a lot of peace and a lot of comfort. And it came from the idea of being myself. Like, I didn't have to pretend anymore. I didn't have to act and put it together. I think it was like that sigh of relief of like, it's okay to feel this way. Because up at, at school, I was trying to keep it all together while going through my biggest um, emotional nervous breakdown, call it what you want. But it was rough. And I think being in a school environment made it rough. Er, because I was already having people staring at me. I was already feeling the judgment of like, what's wrong with her? So point being, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to get the help professionally. That is another aspect of it. Um, I know that we all have different insurances. I know we have different things. But I highly advise it if you're ever in a crisis and you're ever not feeling safe with yourself, get the help you need. And if you don't want to go into an institution, if you don't want to check yourself in, another alternative is to go out into nature. I know that some people do this. Take a good friend or tell a good friend, someone that you trust, always be safe about it. And, you know, just take the bare essentials and spend a day in nature. Nature is so healing. Cry it out, scream it out, dance it out, whatever you do in nature. That's always another alternative. Because I'm not going to lie, <laughs> when I got out, that bill almost sent me back in. <laughs> I'm telling you, sheesh, the way they capitalize. But anyway, that's another conversation. 
I hope you guys have been taking notes so far, but to paraphrase, I'm going to put it this way. The etiquette of healing is understanding that healing is your responsibility. Ask and you shall receive. Having good communication, especially with your support system. Learn yourself. Learn your patterns. Learn, you know, what amplifies your mental health or your crisis. Learn what makes you feel good. Be brave and get the help you need. Respecting boundaries. This is a huge one. I don't know if I emphasized it enough, but respecting boundaries. Knowing that no is okay. Alright, so the last one I'm going to talk about today is finding your anchor and always showing gratitude. And what I mean by that is it's important while you're going through a crisis to always have a sense of self because emotions are strong. I like to call them tiny tornadoes. They can literally sweep you up into a narrative that isn't true. It's called cognitive distortion, we, where we catastrophize everything, make it black and white, um, where it just becomes this monster that has taken over our life and our reality. So find your anchor. It's important that you find your anchor so that you don't accidentally bring people into your storms, you know, because then we get labeled as dramatic or you're always, you know, in the middle of something, you're always causing problems and it hurts us. It's hurtful to us and it's hurtful to them. So the cycles of hurt continue. So you really, I don't know what your anchor would be, but find something strong. Find something that reminds you of you, of love, of acceptance, of all the things that you feel on your best day. And we want to be careful not to make our anchor people, you know, we talked about this before, understanding that healing is your responsibility. So, you know, stay away from people being your anchor. For me, God is my anchor. Spirituality is my anchor. Knowing that I am love and light is my anchor. Building that trust within myself is my anchor. And every once in a while, you'll need friends to remind you of who you are. And that's okay. I am highly encouraging support. And the second part was always show gratitude. Be thankful. No matter if things turn out wonderful or if they turn out horrible, be grateful. I remember that gratitude and kindness is contagious. If you can find reasons to be grateful, even as you go through your darkest moments, if you can find ways to express that gratitude, I promise you, your community of support will grow. I feel like sometimes mental health and personality is a thin line and people get it confused. Um, I have personally uh, found that anxiety and depression and all the mental health things do not necessarily have to make you a bitch. Excuse my language, but I have known certain people in my life who use their personality, I mean, use their mental health as an excuse um, for their terrible personality. And it's like, no, you've always been this way. 
But now your anxiety and everything that you're going through, any type of crisis, it doesn't even have to be mental health, but any type of crisis exasperates and amplifies who you already are. So we want to make sure that we're always bringing a spirit of love and hope, even when we don't feel like it. Why? Because it trickles back on us and it trickles back on them. Now, I'm trying not to mince my words. I'm trying to be careful. I'm not telling you to be involved in toxic positivity. I'm not telling you to feel something you don't. I'm just encouraging you to flip the penny. As my therapist says, flip the coin. Um, you know, look at the other side of things. Um, find things to do. If you're not feeling grateful, go out into the world. Make it an adventure. Have a gratitude day. Say, I'm going to find 10 things that I see that I love to be grateful for. You know, um, yeah. Mental health is interesting. It's not just about this overall picture. It's the tiny little steps in between. It makes us, in an interesting way, better people. It makes us more sensitive. It's a curse and a blessing. Mostly a curse, <laughs> But you know what I'm saying. It's taught me to be kind. It's, it's taught me to be, pay attention to myself. It's given me a love I didn't think I deserved. Out of force, you know, because anxiety, if you don't take care of yourself, anxiety will be there. <laughs> it will definitely remind me like, hey, you've been slacking and it shows. So again, these are some etiquette. These are some tips. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope it brought some knowledge and love and light to you. I say all of these things without judgment. I'm not judging you because we've all made mistakes. We've all been hurt and we've all hurt people. And now we're healing and evolving and doing better than we were before. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sunbeam community. Thank you for healing with me. I just wanted to let you guys know that this platform and anything I do will always be about love and light and sharing each other's stories and gathering strength and knowledge. It's not just my voice. It's us as a collective. So with that being said, I want to close with a little segment of our sunbeams sharing their stories. Remember to have your strength and your courage because your story matters. And you can always send it to me through my email at JoyceWriterlyOrb at gmail.com. Send me an audio. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you have overcome so we can celebrate together. And of course, we can't forget the poetry section as an author and writer of Everything the Light Touches and two more books. I'm too excited and I can't wait to share that part with you guys as well. But remember that this is a place of love and healing. So we will always be sharing that. So let's jump right into our creativity. I have a Spanglish poem for you guys. Please excuse my Spanish accent. Please excuse me if I say something wrong. I don't mean disrespect. I love the culture. I love the language. And I'm always trying to tap into that. So let's get started. 
This piece is called I Don't Know How. Two muses, two broken frames, can't find the picture of love we created. Para siempre was supposed to be our how. Now I'm just a painter, spilling hearts between our layers, broken brushes, splintered stencils, sandpaper, and faded dyes. Aspero, nothing beautiful about broken glaciers, nada hermosa sobre llamarte extrano. Nothing beautiful about calling you stranger. Nothing beautiful about mixing colors that we buried in neutral harmonies. You forgot our pages. Late night fights, pasión atada, alrededor de nuestro corazones and minds. You scream, no sé cómo, I scream. Como olvidaste nuestro amor. No sé cómo, no sé cómo. Like a traveler, I would search to the ends of the world for you. But some things don't want to be found. So now, solo soy pintor, tracing the tones of where the rivers meet. My eyes pour red between the lies. You'll hear my heart cry. No sé cómo. I would love to introduce this amazing and resilient sunbeam. Davina, listening to your story had me in tears. You are so strong. You are so brave. Thank you for sharing your light with the sunbeam community. So without further ado, here's Davina. Hey, hello, how are y'all and how are you, Joy? Thank you very much for having me in your podcast. And I am so excited to share in your podcast today. Uh, well, first of all, to introduce, to introduce myself, my name is Davinia and I am 20 years old. I study in the college. My major is physical medicine and rehabilitation. And um, I am in my third year, and in I guess in April or in May 2023, I will graduate. Yay, finally! <laughs> um, and yeah, so in perhaps I just wanted to say, excuse me for my bad English. English is not my native language, but I learned English by myself. So please, <laughs> I will try to make my pronoun is my pronouns is clear as much as possible. Well, where should I start? Like I have really long, long story. So. I actually suffered from abuse mentally, but not physically, but I saw a physical abuse done by my dad for my mom. And uh, um, bullying in the school. Um, 
I mean, it abusing emotionally by my friends or the people who I thought they're my friends, they broke my heart many times. Like, whoa, boy, I never learned my lesson. I'd be like, oh my god, they have like their excuse. I mean, of course, they're like been through something. I don't know, but um, I was wrong and exhausting myself to the more I just I burned out burnt out myself because of studying to get into college to a good major even though it's not the medicine where most of the family hoping that I get into medicine school but yeah here I am still in the medical file duh I mean, there's a lot of things that I want really to talk about, but for some reason, I can't really remember it right now. Uh, but I really had bad days where I thought if I just end everything, just say goodbye in the proper way for everyone i will be okay like and no one will ever care like they gonna just miss me for like three days two months months but after that they just gonna keep on in their life they're not gonna wait for me forever but the kid that like the inner child inside me stay begging me begging like begging for me to stay alive to stay standing here and just saying to me it didn't over yet we still have the future why would end everything right now what what if we just missed a cool things in the future like we didn't say the word yet like if you want your freedom if you want to see the world the world to discover a new cities new culture meet new people admit your online friends you have to stay here I know it's hard for you, but you have to. Do not let those people, like, they're they not people, they're just demons. Like, demons in the shape of a human being, that's it. Take you down. None of this, and none, none of what happened in your life, it's your fault. You didn't done anything wrong. You just like to help the others. You just be smiling to everyone. You wish the best for everyone. And whenever anyone be lost or in the pain, you are the first one who just go and check, uh, check on them and be helpful for them. You're not weak. You're not useless. You're not nothing. You are everything. You are the precious. You are a miracle that went never born again. So why are you so harsh on yourself? 
like who's care about the best the best is the best and the point about the best is to learn so you don't repeat the mistake you have done in the present like what you have done in the best mistake like mistakes in the past to repeat it again in the in the present or in the future like we are human and none of us is perfect look at you you're 20 fucking years old and you fight all this way by yourself yeah your friends by they were by your side but not all the time in the worst night in the worst moment of your life in that moment when someone tried to kill you to put the knife on your neck to kill you you didn't fear you didn't even cry or beg to stay alive no you were just looking so confident that you can defend yourself and here you go you were at that time 15 years old and now you're 20 you fight all this way since you are a kid since elementary school you fight you fight and fight and keep winning every time even though all all of these cuts injuries and scars you're here so why are you so ashamed or believe wrong thoughts about yourself i don't get it you're so great and you just being the someone who you are always been dreaming of to be like a good human being who can be there for anyone who whether they know them or not you are not racist you are not homophobic no you just so kind so understanding loving and appreciating everyone and try to help everyone as much as possible and believe there is a good in the people so why I mean, this is what my inner child saying, even though there is a swearing, swearing a lot. But yeah, so whoever going to hear this, I just want to say I am so proud of you because you are standing here today. Because you are trying to heal from a lot of things, from the past, from the people who are weird around you and who are still around you right now i am so proud of you and i just want to say thank you for give standing here and trying your best life and i wish you happiness and health and wealth and every good in this life for you and yeah that's it thank you so much for hearing to me and thank you joy for letting me participate in this and stay safe stay warm take care of yourself don't miss your uh, skip your meals and keep hydrated bye bye